Welcome to Listener's Advisory, the San Diego Public Library podcast. Got a hankering for some new books in your life? We've got you covered with our new digital reader's advisory service, a wonderful children's book to introduce you to, and a web series that'll have you placing titles on your holds list. So stick around. It should be fun. Hey folks, Bob here. In today's episode, my co-host Scott meets up with the creative team behind SDPL's new children's book, Odie's Library Day, including writer Hunter Hackett, illustrator Anisi Bygood, and project coordinator Emily Derry. Also, I sit down with my good friend Trevor Jones, College Rolando manager and host of the web series Read More with Trevor. But first, meet Stephen Torres Roman, one of the librarians behind the digital reader's advisory service Matchbook. The San Diego Public Library has a brand new service that we're very excited about. Our digital reader's advisory, Matchbook, provides users with title recommendations by actual human library staff for printed materials and audiobooks. A reader's advisory is a librarian's professional way of saying, let's have a conversation about books. Steve Torres Roman is a teen librarian at the Central Library. Steve's been in the business for over 20 years and is passionate about library services. As one of the lead librarians behind Matchbook, he's also a contributing advisor, specializing in science fiction, young adult fiction, classic lit, and more. Mostly when we talk about readers advisor, we are talking about leisure reading. Our personalized recommendations are facilitated by living, breathing professionals. While we're not able to read minds, we're also not those pesky algorithms that have become ubiquitous in our lives, farming our digital click habits for better advertising opportunities. In essence, it's the same interaction that we've been having with our patrons. It's a personal relationship between the librarian and the patron. You build a relationship of trust with the patron. It's not a computer algorithm who's determining the uh, matches that we make for your books. It's a knowledgeable professional who has a vested interest in seeing that you're happy and you're satisfied with the recommendations that you enjoy these books during your leisure time. Steve's personal take in Matchbook goes beyond the service itself. I've always felt that a library is one of the library's most important jobs is to build a sense of community around literacy and the love of reading wherever they are. Um, I've always enjoyed this aspect of the job, personally, so much so that I even wrote a book of Reader's Advisory. It's called Read On Science Fiction, Reading Lists for Every Taste. And it was written in for the mostly for professionals who don't usually read science fiction themselves but want to make good recommendations of science fiction to their patrons. As a passionate reader and librarian, Steve sees literacy as not only beneficial to individuals, but to society as a whole. In the year 2000, uh, the National Endowment for the Arts released a study, released their findings about a study called To Read or Not to Read. And it's available, anyone can look it up online. From their study, they determined a few things. There's some very interesting correlations, I think some very meaningful correlations. People who read more often for pleasure are less likely to drop out of school. They're more likely to have financially rewarding jobs. They're more likely to engage in philanthropy and volunteering. They're more likely to engage with their communities, uh, culturally, civically. They're more likely to vote. Um, And perhaps even most importantly, the author, Neil Gaiman, believes that reading fiction promotes your sense of empathy. Uh, He believes that whatever that ability is that enables you to put yourself in the place of the character in the book also enables you to put yourself in the place of someone else and see things from their point of view, from their perspective. I found using Matchbooks super easy. 
I followed the link from SDPL's homepage and submitted my reading profile. I was asked a series of questions about my personal tastes, preferred formats, titles I like, and what I've most recently read. I was contacted about a day later by a librarian with five recommendations. All five suggestions were spot on. Just about every library has some tools in common. Uh, most libraries, for example, have this really big, thick book called Genre Reflecting and or access to the database called Novelist. Both of these are tools that list a variety of authors and titles and books and summaries of books and make connections between those books. If you like this, you're likely to enjoy this. I've been working in libraries a long time, so I knew what to expect as far as professional reader's advisory tools. But what I really appreciated was the librarian's personal touch that made connections beyond my data points. But I think that the most important tools that the librarian brings to bear are first their willingness and ability to listen, to actively listen to what the patron's saying, and take that information and translate it into something that um, makes a good recommendation. While Reader's Advisory is often a person-to-person -person service, it translates well to the digital environment. With something as overwhelming as a pandemic, librarians like everyone else have had to come up with creative and innovative ways to adapt their services uh, for their customers or for their patrons. In our case, of course, that means that librarians have had to learn fairly quickly um, how to provide digital content. One thing most library professionals can agree on is that digital librarianship isn't going away. Unless there's a zombie apocalypse tomorrow, I think that the future is just increasingly digital. We're going to have to interact more with computers and the internet. By the way, the librarian that performed my reader's advisory, it was Steve. Despite us working in the same building for years, we've never much chatted beyond professional highs and buys. However, Reading over his recommendations was like having a conversation with someone that watches the same shows, reads the same books, and gets all the same pop culture references. There was a sense of enthusiasm in his suggestions that I connected with. After last year, connecting with a real person was much needed and appreciated. If you're looking for some new titles and don't know where to start, try Matchbook. Visit us at www.sandiego.gov forward slash matchbook for more details. I know we only have one episode under our belts here on the Listener's Advisory Podcast, and I haven't actually checked the metrics, so I have no data to back this up, but I feel like my segment about the Library Master Plan really established me as the go-to gonzo journalist willing to tackle the big issues and ask the tough questions, such as... This this other little little uh, little creature, is that a lizard or a croc? I'm, I'm thinking that must be a giant lizard, not a crocodile. Is that right? Yes, it's a lizard. So I was waiting with bated breath to see what Bob would pick from my next assignment. I'll admit, when he told me I'd be digging into the story behind a six-page baby board book called Odie's Library Day, my first thought was, seriously? I covered the freaking master plan last episode. How hard can it be to write a book for a baby? The number one misconception in the world of children's books is that people think it's easy to write for a very young audience when it is actually incredibly difficult. Now I just sound like a dumbbell. And that's because the words that you have to use have to be incredibly efficient. And you have to use words that can mean something to children that don't have very many words in their pocket. That's Susie Garamani. 
She's an internationally recognized artist, illustrator, entrepreneur, and children's book author. Hunter and Anisi's tribute to the library is incredibly beautiful and important, not just because it's a bilingual book that captures a day in the life here in San Diego that is accessible to anyone um, visiting the library and, and being part of the community there. But also, board books are they're really interesting. Many people think that it would be easy to write for a very young audience when I believe it's the most difficult audience to write for. Okay, then. Let's do this. I probably should have disclosed at the beginning that I am a childless 49-year-old. So even though I don't get the chance to read a lot of books to babies, I do work in a bookstore. So I do read a lot of baby books. Just read them to myself at the counter. I want my hat back. That's one of my personal favorites. I've probably read that 10 times. But Odie's Library Day stands up against the best of them. So let's meet the creators. Is my camera, does it look normal to you guys? So uh, your camera's great. We're, this is going to be for a podcast, so we only need your audio. Oh, okay. My name is Hunter Hackett. I'm a native San Diegan. I was born and raised here in San Diego. So that's pretty cool. Hi, I'm Anisi. I'm a library assistant too. I'm currently here at North Claremont Library. I've also worked at Carmel Valley Library and Rancho Penasquitos Library. And I've been uh, with the San Diego Public Library for five years now. Hunter is the wordsmith. I can draw. The issue is it's really hard. I don't enjoy it nearly as much as Anisi does. I'm very happy to let Anisi do the the hard work. So I've always loved to draw and I actually went to college and majored in studio art at UC San Diego. After college, I've just been doing various freelance work for almost 10 years now. <laughs> I've always had the interest and um what I love most is illustrating and children's book illustration. Any books that you were growing up that sort of maybe sparked that or inspired you? Actually, picture books were kind of scarce when I was growing up. I grew up in Inner Mongolia, which is in China, and I grew up with two languages. So it was always hard to find a book to read. And so from when I was little, I would just look at the pictures in whatever book I could find. I didn't really grow up with like my favorite book, but I was always drawn to the pictures because that I could understand the pictures if I couldn't read the word. How would you describe your style to somebody who's listening to a podcast and can't see any of this? I do mostly traditional um, medium. So I use a lot of watercolor and colored pencil mainly. There's a lot of texture with my work. So those are the creators behind Odie's Library Day. But just how did the San Diego Public Library get into the business of publishing a book? Left my laptop at home. So I would wanted to have had a better background, but I'm stuck Well, this computer, is, so. um, it's a podcast, so it's oh. only uh, audio. Oh, okay. Well, geez, I just put lipstick on. That's Emily Deary, SDPL's Youth and Engagement Coordinator. We were putting together, or I was putting together um, a big order of outreach materials. So basically thinking about going out to outreach events, sitting at a table, telling uh, communities about the services that the library offers. And so I was coming up with 
items for different age groups. And I knew that for this zero to five age group, I wanted it to be a book, right? So I reached out to our promo company that I work with and asked them about the possibility of doing board books. And they sent me a sample that just didn't really just really didn't excite me. I asked if there were any other options and they they came back and said that that we could customize it however we wanted. And I thought, well, that's fantastic. But I mean, I can't write a children's book. Like, I don't know. What, what does that mean? Customize a book, right? <laughs> so I pretty much like at first I dismissed the idea of, of that and tried to think of maybe another option. But then I started thinking, well, what if like maybe we could, maybe that we could have our very own book that we make. And then I'm um, of course, like Anisi came to mind, Anisi and Hunter came to mind right away as I've been talking with them about children's books for a few years. And I know they're amazing um, talent. And so I reached out to them to see if they would be interested in helping with this project. And they were thankfully on board and excited. And so that's basically where it started. Yeah, so we got a few light suggestions right in the beginning. Definitely wanted to highlight what you can do at the library. And the whole point, what is the OD acronym stand for? Opportunity, discovery, and inspiration. Yes. So we're we're definitely trying to highlight those features in the story. And why a coyote is the main character? We were first going with an island fox. And that's because they were super cute and someone somewhere suggested it. But we looked into it a little bit more. And although they are endemic to California, we found out that really they're native to the, I think it's the Cayman Islands, not native to San Diego. So we had to get rid of island foxes. Anisi and I were living next to a little nature trail. And every time we did our walk, we saw a coyote family and we would hear them at night yipping and yowling every time a ambulance would drive by actually they would uh try yeah, to match before before we hear the ambulance we'd mm-hmm. hear the coyote because they can hear the ambulance yeah, they from can... really far away right and then we, you, if you just say it out loud odie the coyote it's like pretty much the most obvious choice can i just cut it and, and thank anisi and hunter for their awesome um, reference skills there because i had pulled up a very quick google search on you know native stand- San Diego animals to try to find a good animal for Odie and Island Fox came up and you know it's probably just like whatever showed up right away on Google and I just right. like went with it because the Island Fox is so adorable and so I was like this is it this is what we're doing yeah, yeah, and so yeah. thanks to Hunter and Anisi for actually like looking into that um, <laughs> that's what um, librarians do <laughs> Emily that's what librarians do and then there's the final question I have to ask as a retail bookseller licensing opportunities film rights a sequel I sure hope so we would really really like to work on more Odie projects. Yeah, I think that the sky's the limit. I think there's so much excitement around Odie right now. We also want to, for sure, 100% want to do an Odie library card. And Anissi, how many art requests do you get from SDPLers uh, in an average week? <laughs> Not too many. <laughs> at what point do you have to say no and start billing them for uh, artistic hours in addition to regular day in, day out? Maybe um, now after this book. Odie's Library Day is available for checkout at your San Diego Public Library and available for purchase exclusively through the library shop by visiting libraryshopsd.org. Hey 
Hey folks, Bob here. I'm with Trevor Jones, College Rolando manager and host of the web series Read More with Trevor, which can be found on the College Rolando Facebook page as well as the SDPL YouTube page. Trevor, how's it going? Hey Bob, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, so tell us more about the web series Read More with Trevor. Uh, read More, uh, I call it Read More because no matter who you are, there's always more to read. Uh, and that's just my attitude. Uh, when it comes to learning and experiencing prose, and I think everything literature can bring to a person's life, uh, less is never less, and more is always more. I understand you brought some all-star recommendations from the series. What do you got? Okay, I have a few. Uh, we have got Weather by Jenny Ophill. Um, this one's very hard for me to um, summarize. It's a 2020 and uh, it's just kind of these uh, very glib sort of um, aphoristic tidbits about climate change and in the world we live in today and it's done very poetically. Um, super impressed. I'm going to do a video on this in the future. Jenny Ophill. Got a video coming out on this next one. This is Desert Oracle by Ken Lane. Uh, we don't have time to get into it here, but Ken Lane is a very fascinating uh, personality. Basically, he's got his own podcast and radio show out of the desert there in Joshua Tree. And uh, he's just kind of collected a lot of the uh, tall tales and fun stories you get out of the Mojave and the wider Southern California desert. So I'm uh, look, be on the lookout for the video there, Desert Oracle. Got another one. I did a video of this recently. Uh, hopefully people liked it. Extraterrestrial by Avi Loeb. Um, now this one is definitely uh, really great for dinner parties, I would say. Uh, Avi Loeb uh, more or less says that yes, uh, there is extraterrestrial life out there. And uh, he explains why not all scientists agree, but again, it's, uh, it's a conversation starter. So I couldn't help resist uh, make a video about this one when I heard about it. As you can see, I got the hardcover because I rushed to the store <laughs> to, to buy it as soon as it came out. Although you should, you could wait for the library copy too. Gonna do a video about this one, I think in time too. This one came out a little under the radar in 2019. It's running to the edge. I'm a runner, so I don't kid myself that I think everyone wants to read about running, but this particular story is enough of um, a yarn that uh, basically in the 70s and 80s, San Diego was like the home of uh, a, a very dominant cross country team. And Bob Larson, who later uh, coached Meb, famous uh, marathoner from San Diego, this is their story of running for Grossmont College and the uh, history, which I was unaware of, of the Balboa Park 8-miler, very storied uh, race there downtown. And um, really just a, a side of San Diego sports history I wasn't aware of, so I want to share more with people. That's Running to the Edge by Matthew Futterman. Nice, nice. A couple titles from the Read More series that I picked up. I want to say these may have even been from the same episode. Uh, one was Say Nothing by Patrick Radden Keefe, um, a story of a murder that takes place during the Troubles in 1970s Belfast. Involves several key figures from the provisional IRA and primarily revolves around the disappearance of Jean McConville, widow and mother of 10. I know the book made its rounds around SDPL. Um, you know, I, I heard about it from you. Uh, I read it, I passed it along to my former supervisor, Pete Meisner. And um, I wanna say that uh, Jolanta Danazine from Rancho Bernardo, she did a, uh, a write-up for the Tribune yes. on it. 
another one, and I just finished this this weekend, but it was on my list of things to get to, was Inland by Taya Obrett from 2019. Um, it's about these kind of two desperate lives that converge in drought-ridden Arizona territories of the 1890s, this kind of dark, gnarly Western, definitely like a slow burn, but I really, really dug it. So you read, you read Inland? I did, yeah, oh, right yeah. On. Absolutely. Now, Inland's fiction, uh, Say Nothing is nonfiction. Uh, right. Something right. I've been kicking myself lately about is uh, probably too many nonfiction picks. And I know, uh, you know, it's just being a librarian, doing reader's advisory, you know you can't be everything to everyone. So at a certain point, um, you do just kind of have to lean on your taste and what you want to read, what you're excited about reading. So I feel like if I'm excited about a title, I can bring that forth more generously and authentically to people in the videos. But uh, I do try to take a critical look at like, oh man, like my last few picks have all been nonfiction. Let's 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 get a fiction title going. And then you know, six months later, I'm in a different phase, and I'm reading nothing but fiction. And I'm like, I got to read a nonfiction book here. So what are you reading now? Uh, I was going to mention two different things. Uh, uh, yeah, it's always it's always um, tricky where I have the things that I read, and sometimes I'll go down like wormholes with certain um, topics that I know others. Uh, like for instance, a few months ago, I was uh, reading a lot of World War II books, but yeah, I wasn't man. I wasn't really gonna kid myself that uh, dad knowledge that, that yeah that too many people were at that level of the World War II dad uh, of uh, jumping in about like did you did you kids know about this on on d-day uh or and so on uh but yeah i was reading a lot about i've uh, been reading a lot about world war ii lately and i have another uh cool book let me get the uh, title right again kind of like not kidding myself that this would appeal to everyone um but it's just one of those non-fiction titles from stone to flesh a short history of the buddha uh i do like casually reading a lot about like religious studies this is by Donald S. Lopez Jr., who's, you know, reputable voice on that. And what it is is it's kind of like an archaeological, historical excavation of what the West thought about Buddha before, you know, we, we learned more from, you know, people who are Buddhist um, because of imperialism, because of colonialism. There were a lot of uh, misconceptions among uh, missionaries and Merchants uh, from Europe, as they came to Asia, they they didn't know what to think of uh, this other religion that wasn't Hinduism, it wasn't Islam, and they couldn't quite figure it out. So it's really fascinating. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So Trevor, do you have one more book recommendation for us? I got one more, and this one I'm super excited about, but uh, I don't want to. It's not out yet, so I can't claim if I know it's any good or not. It's just a story uh, um, I'm aware of, and now it's coming to book. Uh, form. It's called Chasing the Thrill, Obsession, Death, and Glory in America's Most Extraordinary Treasure Hunt by Daniel Barbarisi. And so what this is, uh, you know, I, I love fiction. I love nonfiction. And I do go back and forth about which one I'm reading more at the time. And this is that level of nonfiction that had had a novelist brought this to their editor. The editor would have said, uh, what is this? This is this this is not believable please give me something else. Yet this story is true. And those are the kinds of stories, the larger than life, stranger than fiction stories I love in nonfiction. 
So this um, art gallery millionaire, Forrest Fenn, he uh, had a fatal cancer diagnosis, and he came up with a plan. He was going to take all these jewels and treasure, and he buried it somewhere out in the woods in the Rockies. And then he self-published a book with clues to finding the treasure. And as it turns out, Mr. Fenn did not die. He lived for about another decade. And it started this uh, just wildly mad, 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 mad world (laughs) treasure hunt to find this. And one guy did find it. And it really appeals to uh, not only kind of the uh, outdoors person in in me, but also the librarian. who, who looks at books and primary source materials and you're trying to like, it's very Indiana Jones. Yeah. And uh, it this actually happens. So chasing the thrill, be on the lookout for that. Uh, there's an outside magazine article about it. If you, you know, I just can't believe that it's, that it's real. And I'm sorry that I didn't uh, go look for the treasure. <laughs> uh, reminds me of something, something not very comparable, but um, I was, I was in the stacks in art and music at Central Library one day, and um, I was putting a book away, and I came across something. It was a geocache mm. that was like underneath one of the the shelves, like the bottom shelf on one of our random stacks, kind of deep in the stacks. And um, I looked it up, and I was able to kind of find the clues and, and understand what geocaching is and you know when you opened it up there was like a stamp and a log book that you could sign oh wow so that you could stamp your book and then sign it as well and it's just this kind of like cave graffiti opportunity for lack of a better term uh you know that people they go on these little hunts and you know when you find the spot based on the clues that are posted on some website or some other kind of um, wayfinder you know you stamp your book you sign it and you know you keep it's exhilarating yeah it's pretty right imagine that but there's like millions of dollars on the other end if you can (laughs) you could find the clues for sure for sure rad well hey thanks man anything else that you want to uh cover while we got the mics on hey read more uh on youtube every wednesday at 5 p.m a new episode i have yet to repeat an episode yet so i'm still trying to go strong and be sure to like and subscribe Fantastic. Thanks, man. Thank you. That's going to do it for today's episode. I'd like to thank our guests, Stephen Torres Roman, Susie Garamani, Hunter Hackett, Anisi Bygood, Emily Derry, and Trevor Jones. Supersized crazy thanks to web librarian Voodoo for helping us get our page up, as well as Pete Meisner and Luke Henshaw for contributing original music. If you'd like more information about any of the programs, services, titles, or recommendations made in this episode, please check our show notes or visit us at www.sandiego.gov forward slash SDPL podcast.